Through that window lay The Solitude of Horizons, as coined by J.A. Baker in The Peregrine, unspoiled places where nature is left largely to itself. I've always been a walker, loving to be out in open countryside, and at one point I took up running, relishing the movement, the freedom, the exhilaration of flying along at speed. But the process of waiting for and looking at birds made me slow down and see things in new ways. My inability to be still, to wait and watch, more than challenged in a restless age, was gradually overridden by a new habit of stopping, listening and looking. I began to explore the world of birds. I became more of a saunterer, a word that comes from the medieval word for pilgrims to la santerre, the holy land, santereuse. Waiting for birds in their habitats did indeed evolve into a kind of holy land as the birds in their beauty awakened a sense of something more. I became wrapped in the mystery I sensed in wild birds, discovering in their simple presence, in their innate beauty, just by being themselves, as they have been for millions of years, a place of absorption, another world. In the beginning, the world of birds appeared so vast I didn't know where to start. There are over 10,000 species worldwide, and I knew next to nothing of most of them, nothing about ornithology, nor of the impact of birds on our cultural life and imagination, let alone how to identify birds. But luckily, I sensed there was no hurry. N'allez pas trop vite, as Proust said. For the world is too interesting to skip over the slightest detail, as Marcel himself went on to prove in one of the world's longest novels. The man in the fur coat, who spent years in his cork-lined bedroom with the curtains drawn, suffering, writing, was a man with time to think about time. The passing of time, temps perdu, temps retrouvé, timelessness and the timeless moment, and the complex detail of the commonplace, all of which are pertinent to watching birds. This new world would take time to explore, and I absorbed his further advice, that the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new lands, but seeing with new eyes. Life consists with wildness, wrote Henry David Thoreau. The most alive is the wildest. Not yet subdued to man, its presence refreshes him. Thoreau, writer and rebel, philosopher and ever the individualist, built himself a wooden hut near Concord in the wilds of Massachusetts, where he lived for two years in the mid-1840s. Here he became acquainted with the local wildlife, sauntered, read a lot, and wrote a famous essay on walking which contains one of his most quoted dictums. In wildness is the preservation of the world. His credo, I believe in the forest and in the meadow, came from the experience of having plenty of both, living on the edge of Walden Pond where he was surrounded by miles of dense, unspoiled nature. He came to love the birds. His encounters with them changed him. They taught him to look more closely, to listen more intently, leading him into their world just as they have done for others and were beginning to do for me, at a time of need, taking me down unexplored paths to new places, where waiting for birds in wild places would be transformative.
Thoreau conflates the wild with the good. In short, all good things are wild and free. Give me a wildness whose glance no civilization can endure, to which I would migrate. Tameness, he declares, is synonymous with dullness. The following summer, James, my Mycenae friend, and I ventured out into the brecks as the sun was setting. Norfolk, windless at twilight in high summer. Venus rose over the tree line in a cloudless sky, bright and bleached of colour. It was just after ten o'clock. A pine forest clearing on sandy heathland punctuated with silver birch. We stopped and listened in the dusk, inhaling damp smells of late evening. Wild flowers scrambled underfoot. Wild mignonette, ladies' bedstraw, toad flax. Viper's bugloss gleamed blue in the...